Hi, I am here today with my good friend Rebecca Carter, and she is a homeschool mother of one. Her daughter is grown, but what I am really excited to talk to her about is that once her daughter was grown, she did not stop investing in kids and just pouring into them in different ways, and there's all sorts of different ways that she serves kids still, and it's just really neat to see, and I'm hoping that through listening to what she does, some of y'all can get some ideas of ways that you can invest in kids in your community, in your church, and in general. Um, so first, just tell us a little bit about yourself and about your family, Rebecca. Okay. Um, my husband of 28 years next month is a pilot for FedEx and has been um, for the last 20 plus years, so his schedule is very different month to month, and he's gone pretty much half of the month. Um, and then we have one child, as you said, she's 22, just graduated from the University of Michigan, and she is pursuing an aviation career just like her dad. That's awesome. So the, when she was growing up, was he also gone about half the time? Yes. Pretty so much her whole unique. life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that is unique. So that, if we have time, I do want to talk to you about how you were, how you dealt with that and how you were able to invest in her. So you are still working with kids yes. in the community and I know that you're doing it in different areas. So just kind of walk through overall, all of the ways that you do. And then let's talk about how you're doing it in each different area. Okay. Well, as you well know, you and I serve in Awana at our church with the fifth graders each week. Yes. Um, we also serve at another church for a kid's club in the afternoons once a week. And in addition to that, I tutor two fourth graders at a local public uh, elementary school and I've adopted a third grade class so I eat lunch with them every week and I also just recently joined a running club there at that same school it's called Go Far and so in the afternoons I go and run with the kids and with their teacher slash coach um, I think that's it at the moment <laughs> So even though you don't have a child at home, mm -hmm. you are still investing in numerous kids throughout the week and mm -hmm. helping them in their spiritual growth and their general growth, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to, with their education and everything, just really investing in these different children and showing them love. So let's start with Awana, since that's the first one that you mentioned. Uh -huh. So tell us about Awana, why you choose to still go and serve kids in the church, even though you don't have any kids at home anymore. I know that the Lord provided for me in that 12 years of homeschooling, the patience, the persistence, the compassion, the empathy, the skills to do that with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And I know that now that she is grown and out of the house, he didn't want me to just stop and let those skills and gifts and talents just go fallow. Um, and there is a need. There's such a need yes. for Christian men and women to pour back into children who may not have that much at home mm -hmm. um, or who need, who have it at home but also need to hear it from other adults in their life. Um, the volunteer coordinator at the public school that I'm at had a quote the other day that she had heard which said, each child is just one caring adult away from a success story. And I think that could be paraphrased to say each child is just one caring Christian adult yes. away from salvation. Yes. Away from um, knowledge of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I am out there working with kids. Yes, because as adults, we can make a big difference and an impact in people's lives. My fourth grade Sunday school teacher made a huge impact in my life. I still remember, I'm 44 now, 
And I still remember the lessons that she taught me. I still remember the scriptures that she had me memorize. Mm -hmm. And in Awana, that's what we do. It is. And those scriptures that you're helping them learn, that's going to last for the rest of their lives because you, the, it's just different. The scriptures I learned as a child versus the scriptures I learned as an adult, how quickly I remember them Mm -hmm. and how quickly they come to mind. Mm -hmm. There's something about memorizing scripture as a child that just stays with you in a different kind of way. So, in addition to Awana, mm-hmm. you serve at Park Place, and that is a very different environment. Yes, it is. Than Awana mm-hmm. is, even though it is at a church, mm-hmm. we're working with a very different type of child. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got different challenges and definitely different rewards. So, at Park Place, just tell us a little bit about what it is that you do, what's rewarding about it. And how you're truly making a difference in those kids' lives. Well, as you said, Park Place is a little bit different from Moana. Um, a lot of those kids are not coming from the same kind of families mm-hmm. that we see at Awana, And they certainly don't have the same kind of Christian background. Yes. And knowledge and upbringing. Yes. And so um, I help um, lead the Bible time that we do. We rotate that. And then the rest of the things that I do there are just being with the kids mm-hmm. and going from games to crafts and other places and making sure that I know who they are and that they know that I'm there because I care about them. Yes. And I think a lot of them don't necessarily have a lot of caring adults in their lives. And so that's really the most important thing that I can do mm-hmm. when I'm there is show them the love of Christ and that I am interested in them. Yes. And when you're saying that you're being with them, you're being with them in a very intentional way where you're choosing to spend time with them. Right. You're choosing to find out about their lives. You're choosing to be in a loving type of relationship where you're really pouring into these kids and showing them that you as an adult do care about them and that the reason that it is is because of how much you love God. And they see that through your stories. They see it through your actions. Right. They see it through the fact that you genuinely care about them, even if they're not being well-behaved that particular day. Right. That doesn't change your opinion of them and your love for them and and your willingness to be there. Right. And some of them have very tough exteriors and some of them are very open when you talk to them and they just want to sit with you or they want to hug you or they want to tell you about their day. Other ones are very closed Mm -hmm. and it can be somewhat discouraging, but you can the Lord gives you glimmers of hope when when one of those ones that's very closed off smiles or shares something and that just gives you the motivation to keep doing it because I don't know all the background that they come mm-hmm. from. I don't know all the difficult things that they've had in their lives. I don't know how hard it is for them to trust an adult yes. that I don't have an ulterior motive. Yes. Um, so I just have to keep coming there, showing them that I'm interested, showing them that I care, showing that, I, as you said, I'm choosing to spend time with them and just hoping that that makes a difference. So what kind of an impact have you seen in children's lives? Because I know that these kids, some of them, the ones that have come to know Jesus, have had a huge change in their lives. And so just talk a little bit about the diff, like why it's so important, what you've actually seen changes in, through working with kids in the community like that. Um, I think we've seen a change in behaviors, mm-hmm. certainly, from being pretty disrespectful and uninterested and and just not wanting to be there to wanting to be there to listening to Mm -hmm. the bible story to remembering and responding when questions are asked 
I think one of the most encouraging things for me was when I was presenting the Bible story, it didn't really appear as if the kids were listening that well. And yet when they went to the craft time after that, the craft leader asked them questions about the story. And she told me later, they knew. They really were listening, even though they didn't look like they were listening. So that kind of thing is um, changes that I may not see, but I hear it from others that they see it. Yes, and just the fact that they can, they're starting to remember things. They're even starting to relate different portions of the Bible together. They have that memory to be able to know scripture and to be able to know Bible stories. It can make a big difference in a child's life. Mm -hmm. And to have someone that pours into them and that loves them. Mm -hmm. And that models behaviors that are biblical for them. Yes, because we are seeing baby steps. You know, we're Mm -hmm. seeing kids who would fight at the drop of a hat now they're choosing to walk away yes. from an encounter like that. Yes. And, and that's a, a, for them, that's a huge step. Yes. And not being suspended every time that they go to school. That was one of the biggest differences after one of them became a believer. Mm-hmm. For the first time, she's actually able to go to school so mm-hmm. that she can have an education, which to me makes a huge difference being able to get an education for the first time mm-hmm. and to be able to stay in school rather than constantly being suspended. Right. And that is just how much time do you spend a week doing that to make a difference in their lives? It's not that much, is I it? I think we're there a couple of hours a week. Yeah, a couple hours a week, and then it still is able to make a huge impact in their lives. So even if you don't have a ton of time, spending a couple hours a week with kids in the community can make a huge impact in their lives. Mm-hmm. So now you also work, not both of those were at churches, right. but you also are working with kids at a school. Right, public school, public elementary school that is um, maybe on the lower socioeconomic scale in terms of the families that, who have students who attend there. Yeah. So tell me about what you do specifically there, why you do it, why it's important to you, what impact you've seen. So well, that other people can get ideas about what they can do <laughs> as well. Again, I do it because I homeschooled for 12 years, and I love to teach, and I love to learn, and I love to share that love of learning mm-hmm. with others. And I realize that our teachers are overwhelmed, especially coming out of COVID. Um, they're just overwhelmed with the number of students in their class, and they can't give that individual attention. And sometimes a child doesn't really need um tutoring in terms of their educational ability, they need someone to spend time one-on-one with them and encourage them and and help them have more confidence in what they already know. But it's not necessarily coming out in the classroom because they're not confident. Mm -hmm. And so I have two precious little fourth grade girls that I tutor this year, and they are both in that category. They are both very smart little girls who lack some of that confidence. And so being able to spend time with them one-on-one, we do some reading together, we play some math games together. I ask them about their lives. What did you do this weekend? Um, You know, what are you planning for your birthday? That kind of thing. And it just gives them, that again, that one-on-one adult attention that's positive, that's reinforcing, that's motivational. Yeah. Um, And then I have a third-grade class that I have lunch with every week. And I've adopted them, so every month I bring them a special book and a special snack. But mostly I spend lunchroom time with them, and I just talk to them about their lives. And again, it's an adult who's interested, yes. who's making the time to be there, and who just wants to hear about them. Mm-hmm. And um, that, and the Lord knows that I needed to be with that class 
because in the middle of this year, that teacher has had to go out on medical leave and is not returning. So they don't have the continuity of a teacher. They're having to fill in with some substitutes. And so even though I'm there once a week, I'm there every Monday. Yes. And they have that continuity. So I didn't know that at the beginning of the year. The volunteer coordinator who assigned me to that class didn't know that at the beginning of the year, but the Lord knew. So in addition to eating with them once a week, you also said that you bring in a book and do a snack. Is that something that you go into their classroom once a month and do? or I, um, I've, I've started actually bringing it once a month to that particular lunch. Um, and these kids, I have learned, love jokes. They love jokes. They love riddles. They love to tell me riddles and jokes, and they love to hear them and try to guess. So what I've started doing is buying a joke book. For that month, so, you know, this month it might be an Easter joke book. Last month it was St. Patrick's Day joke book. And so I'll bring it to lunch, and as they're eating, I'll read them some jokes, and they'll try to guess the riddles and that kind of thing. And then I try to bring a special snack that I give to the teacher to pass out when she deems it appropriate. Because <laughs> it's usually not particularly healthy. Um, and it's just something a little special, again, so that they know that they are special to someone besides just their teacher. Yes, and I think just sitting down and talking to kids, because that's one way that you are there at Park Place. I've seen that portion. And I think when you're with kids, sometimes as adults they can view that as time, if somebody's leading, that they can kind of sit back and talk to other adults and it be their social time. But actually sitting in with kids where when there is a break, you're talking to them instead mm -hmm. of to the other adults. It gives them a value, yes. and it allows them to communicate. It allows you to know their names. It's so important for kids that you know their names, mm -hmm. and they get so excited whenever you know something about them. It can just make a big difference as well. Okay, so as you've been working with kids, mm -hmm. you also were incredibly kind as I was writing Training Them Wisely, Discipling Kids. You were one of my editors. Yes. You went through and made suggestions and read it with me. And So what tips have you gotten from that book that you've been able to use as you are investing in and discipling kids still in your life? I think the biggest thing that I took away was the reminder that my motivation needs to be love above yes. all. And as we talked about spending time with these kids who come from different backgrounds, mm -hmm. the overarching theme is that you are there because you care about them and you love them and you want them to know how important they are. Yes. And you're not just checking a box. You're not just saying, I did my good deed for the day. Yes. But that they have importance to you. And so that was throughout your book, that if you don't, as, as, as the scripture says, if you don't do it with love, it doesn't matter. Yes. And um, I am very checklist oriented. I am very list oriented. I am very much very through organized. the material yes. oriented. And so it's important for me to remember that the material is not as important as the love that is shown and the relationship. I love that. So yes. the fact that throughout your book, it was reminding me that it's about the relationship I get caught up in getting the material done, and it's not about that. It's about the relationship. So the reminder there was probably the best thing that I needed to hear personally. I think the other things that were really valuable is that you have tons and tons of ideas, suggestions, advice, things to try that are not daunting, mm -hmm. and that you break it down by age. So I don't have a four-year-old at home anymore, but if I did, I could turn to that section and I could see, okay, how can I help my four-year-old learn how to pray? 
How can I help my four-year-old learn to study the Bible? Yes. That kind of a thing. And if you have a teenager, how do you work exactly. with your teens? Yeah. Exactly, because we know that discipleship mm-hmm. doesn't end even when they get out of the home. No, it does not. Um, but the, uh, the fact that you've broken it down by age, because we recognize our children are different as they mm-hmm. grow. So having that resource to meet you wherever your family happens to be is so helpful. Yes. I truly think God gave me preschool, elementary, middle, high school, and grown at the same time for a reason because it is different in every stage of life, and yet I'm doing all of those stages. Right. And that does. It makes a difference. So you're perfectly equipped to talk about it at all stages because you have all stages right now at one time. It's amazing. (laughs) They're sweet little people, that's for sure, as we're, we're actually sitting while they're playing on the playground. So that's why we're... In an SUV this time. Yes. So, (laughs) okay, so that's what you're currently doing. Mm -hmm. But you also currently have a daughter who is grown. Yes. That you still have a close relationship with, that you're still investing in. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to hear two things about her because I think it's unique sometimes for even for a single mom to hear because half the time you were kind of a single mom, right? Yeah, yeah. And so just, or people that do have husbands that travel a lot, right? just tips about what you did with her during that time that helped, but also how you're still choosing to invest in her and make a difference in her life today, even though she's not living with you. Right. And is further away. Katie doesn't live with me, and yet every day we talk. So it's Right. Just, you know still... how it is when you have one that's not in the home. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so first of all, the way that we dealt with the half the month we're a two-parent family and half the month we're a one-parent family, um, a lot of lessons that I learned that if I could rewind time, I would go back and do differently. Mm-hmm. So at least I can share the lessons I've learned on the other side. One of them is I wish I had tried not to do as much when it was just me. Yes. Just focus on the important things. And again, I'm very list oriented, so I probably didn't do a great job of this, but maybe sometimes I did. Um, so don't worry if the house isn't particularly clean. Don't worry if you might have to go out and get, you know, something from a a restaurant one night because you don't happen to have food that's already prepared. Um, But focus on, again, building the relationship. Yes. And getting the foundational studies done because we're both homeschooling moms. So there's certain foundational things that have to get covered. You want your children to be educated. Um, and, and not try to do everything because you're just one parent Mm -hmm. and not try to do everything and not try to be everything. Yes. And so, you know, as, as, um, as we've talked, my daughter was very invested in her sport Mm -hmm. and every year we would say, would you like to do a different sport? We can't handle more than one sport. So you have to choose, but you're welcome to choose something else. But you can't have three different sports because that's more than we can handle as a family, even though you're just one child. (laughs) Um, You know, so so knowing where your limits are and not over committing to different things, either for yourself individually or for your children Mm -hmm. in that season. There will be seasons when you can do different things. I'm in that season right now where I'm volunteering in ways that I could never have done when she was at home. So the seasons will come. They don't all have to come at that time. So focus on what's important and don't try to do too much. Yes, and what's important, I agree. I think, too, part of the cleaning the house and all of that where you want to I really like to clean and have a clean house. Oh, I don't. But <laughs> it's just one of those things that I think with Pinterest oh. and things like this, if I have a Pinterest house, I don't have a lived-in house either. And I want my kids 
to be able to make the forts and get all of their toys out and make a huge mess and have creative play in the den together. And I'm okay with that. Do you know what I'm, I, I need to be okay with that? And I am now, but it used to be, you know, I'm like, okay, one thing out at a time. And I still think to a certain extent, it's not like I stick them. Once they're done playing, I want them to put it up. Right. But if they do want to creatively play with multiple things, I should be able to let them do it. And if I need to not, because with young kids, I have to sweep after every meal, but <laughs> just I do. But if I have to skip sweeping after a meal, that's okay. You know, I can sweep after dinner and skip lunch if I need to. So just um, maintaining that same, because I think we're we're at a level where we expect it to look like something on TV, where they have all these people come in, something on Pinterest, right? Or your YouTube person who has the perfect kitchen. And they've actually taken all their dishes and put them in a container at the other end of the counter right. where you don't see them. Right. And the fact is that if you're living in a house and if you're cooking meals and if you're not going to maintain a Pinterest house mm-hmm. all the time, but just to concentrate on the important things. And if we try to do everything, we can sometimes get so overwhelmed that we do nothing. Right. Or you try to do everything and nothing gets done well. Yes. I would rather do the important things well mm-hmm. and let the other things slide or not be done as well than to try to do everything well and end up doing nothing well. Yes. Yes, I agree 100%. Those were good things. So now today, how are you still spending time with her, investing in her? And Well, she lives in Michigan, so that's a long way from North Carolina. Um, but we talk and we text on a regular basis. And as I mentioned, she's pursuing an aviation career. So it's kind of funny that those first 12 years, first through 12th grade, I did the lion's share of the homeschooling, which, of course, my husband did some, but he wasn't there all the time, and he was working. And so now it's kind of funny that a lot of times when she calls, she wants to talk to him <laughs> because she wants to talk about aviation yes. things, which is great that they have that connection because he has that knowledge. And I've often said I'm so glad he does because I wouldn't even know where to start with yes. this. Um, but what's wonderful is that she calls for advice. She calls for counsel. She's 22. She's just learning how to be an adult. She's learning how yes. to manage a budget. Yes. She's learning how to run her household. Um, she's learning how to deal with bills and taxes mm-hmm. and homeowners dues and, you know, what happens when the hot water doesn't work and things like that. And she comes to us for advice and counsel. And we are able to, again, continue to reinforce when she has to make big decisions. She made some big decisions this past year with her college, with her sports, mm-hmm. and we were able to, and again, remind her that they need to be made prayerfully, that the first thing to do is to pray. Yes. That we can give advice and counsel, but the Lord is the one that we need to follow. Mm-hmm. and He's the one that can show her exactly what to do, but right. to come for godly counseling and that was because of that relationship right that y'all maintained with her and your patience as you answer phone calls I've learned that as well that because sometimes some days Katie needs a, a lot, lot of advice exactly yes <laughs> and it can take actually a surprising amount of parental time still yes once they are grown um well, and I think it's more so with girls. We both yes. have girls who are out of the house, and girls like to talk it through. Yes, they do. And so sometimes we'll have lots and lots of talking, and we'll end up where we started. Yes. But it took a lot of talking to get there. And, I, you know, and there's, a, there's my um, first inclination, again, being very organized. <laughs> I'm like, efficiency, efficiency. We 
said that an hour ago, <laughs> but then I have to remember that there was a lot of other valuable stuff that yes. happened in that hour that may or may and not have been related yes. to that decision that yes. I needed to hear, she needed to hear, needed to be said. And so none of it is unprofitable. Yes. I have to, but I have to remind myself of that. Yes. And that's, that's true. I do too. Sometimes, <laughs> especially Katie out of all of our kids is the biggest talker that we have, but I am so thankful that she wants to talk to me. Absolutely. You know, and for me to actually know day to day what's going on in her life still. <laughs> yes. You yes. know, I just think it's, it's a blessing because I think that will change too over the years. I don't it know. Will. I mean, she's 24, but I'm it sure will. it will reduce mm-hmm. as she gets older. Um, and it's just whenever she goes to new things, you know, cause it, it had reduced in college where she was doing less while she was at seminary. Um, but then to move to a new state, a new job, a new job, a new dog now, uh, you know, all of these things that you, whenever the new things happen and you need a lot of support and advice and you want to be able to be there for yes, them yes. as a parent and to have that relationship. And that goes back to that loving relationship throughout so that they feel really comfortable right. coming and talking to you. And then they see that your answers are coming from scripture. They're coming from prayer. They're coming, you know, whenever you're giving them godly counsel, mm-hmm. that's what's important. Right. And they're consistent because... It's not like you changed the playbook now that they're adults. No. It was always the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so when they're five, it might have sounded a little different because it's age appropriate. Yes. But the foundation is always the same. It doesn't mm-hmm. change. And there's so many things in their lives that are changing. There's so many things in our world that are changing. Yes. And I think that all of us, but especially young adults, are craving something that doesn't change. Yes. And God never changes. Right. The scriptures don't change. You've got that solid foundation right. that you can build on. Right. So one thing that y'all do still is that you still have a daily devotion that you kind of are doing together or at the same time. Mm-hmm. Or Describe that to us. Tell me what that looks like. So we both are um, subscribed to the same online devotional, daily mm-hmm. devotional. And I know her life is busy and sometimes she doesn't read it every day and vice versa, really. But we will text each other and say, hey, today's devotion was really good. I thought it was applicable to your situation or applicable to my situation. And so it's not quite like doing a Bible study together, but it is similar. Yes. Um, And in addition to that, she is still at this point searching for a church that she really likes up there in Michigan. So a lot of Sundays, and especially in Michigan in the winter when it's really bad and you don't want to go outside, she will log on and listen to and watch our church because she loves our church. And so a lot of times on Sundays in the afternoon or in the evening when we talk, we'll talk about the sermon, whether it was a sermon she heard at the church that she visited or whether or not it was the sermon at our church. And so we have that opportunity to talk about, you know, didn't you think that that this was a great point or had you ever heard that before about that verse or that story? Um, And so we get to have that connection, spiritual Christian connection and share those lessons. Yeah. We actually still, even though they're at home, my oldest three that are at home, we read the same thing each day. So we actually, that's how we communicate. <laughs> we learn. We text each other. And uh-huh. then we sit down and discuss it. But um, because everybody's having their quiet time, that's just after they write in their journal, they'll just copy it over and text it so that we can all learn from each other. So we're actually getting encouragement from each other each day. Wow. And I hope that that will continue right. when they are grown. Um, it's something I did not do with Katie, 
and but I've really enjoyed doing it with my other kids. So it's, I think that's funny. You text and yeah, <laughs> we text. my kids are at home. We do text that right, portion. Right, so. right. And we text. You know, I'll say, oh, that you know, make sure you read that devotion today. Even if you don't get it today, make sure you read it at some point because um, it's really applicable. I thought. You know? Yes. So is there anything else you want to share about your daughter and what you are still teaching her? Um, yeah, one thing in particular, and it's not so much what I'm teaching her as much as what the Lord taught me. Um, and it was a couple of weeks ago, we had a very scary situation where mm-hmm. she was flying with her instructor and we weren't sure exactly what was going on with them. We were getting information that there might be a problem with the flight. And so it was a very long 30 minutes of a lot of prayer and anxiety um, I'll confess to the anxiety. Yes, that's um, natural. And then after 30 minutes, we found out it was a false alarm. She was fine. Instructor was fine. But the Lord used that to reinforce and to remind me of some really important lessons. And I think they're important as our children grow up. Um, and I needed to hear them again, obviously. Mm-hmm. One is that he's in control. Ultimately, always, he is in control. Not yes. me, even if I want to think that I am. I am not. And that she is in his hands, that she is his child, um, and that he is going to take care of her. And that he loves her even more than I can imagine, even more than I can love her. And that I need to trust him more and fear less. And I think when our kids are at home, when they're little, we have a lot of control over what they do. We have a lot of knowledge about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. We know what they're eating. We know when they're studying. We know who they're talking to, what they're watching on TV, when they go to bed, that kind of a thing. And then when they're out of the house, as with your daughter and with my daughter, we don't know any of those things. And so discipling them looks very different. Mm -hmm. I think when my daughter was at home, the discipling process was very natural and organic because Mm -hmm. we were together all the time. Yes. And so I'm sure I missed lots of opportunities, but I also took lots of opportunities because they were right there in front of me. Mm -hmm. Teachable moments is what we call them sometimes. And now that she's out of the house, that discipleship has to be much more intentional. Yes. And... It means more listening on my part Mm -hmm. because there's things I don't know. I have to wait for her to tell me about a situation or a struggle or a prayer need. I don't see it because she's not in my home anymore. And it means making sure I'm staying in touch and making sure I'm doing a lot more listening than I did when she was 6, 8, 10 and Mm -hmm. we were together all the time. Yeah, and that's why it's important to be willing to take those phone calls. Yes. To spend that time listening to them. Yes. Because that's how you're going to know what's going on in their lives. Right, because otherwise you don't. Mm -hmm. You don't. So I'm grateful. Homeschooling was not always an easy journey, as I'm sure you know. Yes. Um, (laughs) And there were times when I worried that our relationship wasn't going to be great when she grew up because we did butt heads during those years. But I know now the Lord was using that. He was refining her. He was refining me. And now on the other side of that, first of all, I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, but secondly, I see we've got so much shared history yes. with each other, um, 24-7 shared history for 22 years. And we've got that to fall back on, and our relationship is good, and it's mm-hmm. solid, and I'm grateful. Yes, makes a big difference. So as you have learned these lessons... And you're doing your daily devotional. So tell me, I know you don't have any children at home. Right. But for women that just are in your situation and in your stage of life, I think I've never been in that stage of life. (laughs) But I can imagine that perhaps I could just get caught up with, because I could do it anytime, I might forget to do it or slip into, I don't know. I've never been there. But 
tell us about your quiet time and how you how you make sure that you're still in God's Word, that you're spending time with Him, and what that looks like. This question was um, daunting to me. I loved the section in your book where you talked about your quiet time. You gave different ideas. You gave how it's looked in different seasons. And I so admire the consistency that you have had because being completely honest, that is something I struggle with is that consistency. So I'm admitting it because I'm probably not the only one. No, definitely Um, not. And so I should be able to spend a ton of time with the Lord because half the time my husband's not there and all I've got is quiet time except for the two dogs. But, um, when I'm home, a lot of times I am alone. Um, but I struggle with consistency even as an empty nester. And I think one of those things is the more you've got to do, the more efficient you are yes, and the less you have to do, I'm the saying, less efficient then it's you like, are. You don't have to have a certain time. That's right. You know, I've because, got all day. Exactly. I've got all yes. day to do this. And so what I am trying to do, and it's I'm a work in progress, certainly, but what I'm trying to do is um, follow the pray without ceasing yes. and just let it be a natural part of my entire day. Mm-hmm. So one little thing that I have done just recently within the last week, and this is not earth-shattering, probably I'm the last person who's figured out how to do it, <laughs> but my, and I didn't. I let my husband do it because he's techier than I am. But one of my current favorite songs is Good Morning Mercy by Jason Crabb. And I asked my husband if he would download the song and clip out the chorus and make that my alarm. So when I wake up in the morning, I hear good morning mercy. And that that. is a reminder to me that the first thing I do in the morning, before I check social media, before I look at the weather, before I pet the dog, before my feet hit the floor, is I need to be thankful Mm -hmm. that I'm just, just that I'm waking up and that God's mercy is here for me this morning and ask for his provision for the day for whatever's going to happen. So that's a reminder that is helping me start my day that way. Yes. Instead of start my day flipping through whatever happens to be coming up on my phone. Um, and so, so far, it's a new experiment, but so far that is helping me to do that. Um, I also have a playlist that's called Praise Him. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm in the car, when I'm running, because I do a lot of running, if I'm running by myself, which is not that often, but if I'm running by myself, that's what I'm listening to. Um, and I'm always outside if I'm running. And so I'm able to just appreciate the beauty of the day and try to just be praying and uh, listening to that music as I'm doing that, as I'm running or as I'm walking the dog or even as I'm weeding the yard. I was weeding the yard this morning and just trying to be, again, grateful and thankful for the beautiful day, for mm-hmm. the ability to do that. Um, I usually do my Bible reading and my Bible study after lunch and that's just a habit because of a seasonal thing so in the winter time in our den there is a chair that about 12 30 to 2 gets a nice sun and it's on the carpet and it's on the chair and so I will oftentimes after lunch curl up in that chair with my bible um, and the dog will curl up to get the sun and so we call it sunny spot time in our house and I love that. <laughs> so it's 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 soaking in the sun, S-U-N. S-U-N. It's also S-O-N. soaking <laughs> in the sun, S-O-N. Love it. Don't often do that in the summer because it's too hot. Yes. But in the wintertime, that is my typical schedule to do that. At that time, just enjoying basking in the sun. Um, in terms of prayer, again, I'm trying to pray continuously. I'm trying to pray for the Lord to bring people to mind that I know have asked for prayer for yes. whatever the issue might be. Um, and then taking the time to send them a text 
and say, I know that you've got this issue going on. I've been praying about it. How are things going? Are there yes. other follow-ups that I can do to pray? So it's, it's imperfect and I'm a work in progress. We all are. Um, but, and it's, it's not as organized and as, as consistent as yours. Um, but that's how it looks right now. Yeah. That's awesome. And I love how you're trying to, that's a way of loving others too, whenever you text them and you're praying for them specifically. So what I have been convicted about, so I do pray constantly. I try to pray constantly throughout the day. So I have an alarm on my phone that went off every 15 minutes and it just kind of got me into that habit of remembering to pray. But what I personally felt very convicted about is I was spending time asking God, you know, is there any sin I need to confess? Praying for others, praying for what his will was with my life. But I had read a scripture in my discipleship group and it was about how we needed to constantly be worshiping God. And I was thinking, Yes, in my longer prayer times, I'm praising God. Mm -hmm. But throughout the day, whenever I was doing my prayers to him, it was, I mean, it was a conversation, but I wasn't really praising him. I don't feel like during it throughout the day. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I've been convicted of, that as I'm praying, I needed to also be adding that in. So Mm -hmm. I think God just shows us different things and he puts different emphasis on our life of different things that we need to be doing during that time. Right. And that's been something that I've been convicted about. And I know that you and I both love music, yes. love singing. Yes. And so I feel like a lot of my praise comes through song mm-hmm. and those really good songs that are just the scripture. Yes. Oh that my are goodness. just the scripture's truth. Yes. And um, to me, that's just one of the ways that I would, that I love to praise. Daniel loves to sing the scripture songs. He's all about his scripture songs. So that's what we're listening to all Aww. the time. So. Um, you had mentioned running, and you yeah. also work with kids in a running club. So yeah. what is that looking like? How is that investing in them still? That is a new thing for me. In fact, one of the little fourth graders that I tutor is part of this Go Far Running Club. And she, I had mentioned something about running, and she said, Would you come to the running club in the afternoons and run with us? And I said, Sure, if it's okay with your teacher coach. And the teacher said, oh, I'd love it. We have 50 kids. <laughs> She's like, Please. Another adult would be great. <laughs> um, and so, again, you know, just going back to the fact that I show up mm-hmm. and spend time with them, that I run with them, that I encourage them because they are at very different levels. We've got the kids that are just the superstar runners who just don't have to stop and walk at all. And then we've got the other kids that go about 100 feet and then want to stop and walk. <laughs> And we did this really great exercise last week where the teacher said, we want to stay together as a group. So there's four different squads, and I want you to stay with your squad. And if one person walks in your squad, everybody walks. And at the end of it, she said, I want to see if we can get all the way around the circle. And I'll tell you, my squad did not do very well at all while we were practicing. And I thought, oh, we're going to be a disaster at this. But when it came down to it, they really pulled together. And so it was beautiful to watch that. And I was in the back trying to encourage the ones in front to slow down, the one in the middle to keep going because he's the one that always wanted to stop. And it was just a beautiful picture of how we encourage each other as believers. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I'm actually part of a, a Bible study right now on, on the evenings where we do a Bible study and then we run, and it's women. Um, but we've been studying Hebrews 12 and talking about running the race mm-hmm. and um, adapting it to the struggles that we have when we're literally running the race and there's a big hill and we've got to encourage each other to get up the hill. So it's it's just a neat picture yeah. of that of our journey, which has hills and has valleys, has easy times and has hard times. 
Um, but again, with these kids, it's a matter of showing up and showing them that they're important and giving them encouragement and motivation. Yes, yes, and being able to still invest in them in that way. And I think just showing Christian love to somebody can make a big difference because they can see Jesus' love in you. Yeah. And it does. It just makes a difference in kids' lives. Yeah. All right. So tell me your favorite Bible verse. Mm. I have a lot of wonderful Bible verses that I love, but I think my favorite one right now, and it has been for a long time, is Romans twelve eighteen. That says, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And that may sound a little unusual because there's so many wonderful verses about Jesus being the author and perfecter of our faith, interceding for us, being our great high priest. I like this one because it reminds me that I have a job to do and I need to do it. I need, is, and is, as far as it depends on me, I need to live at peace. I need to show love. I need to extend grace. I need to be merciful. All those things you could put into that blank. As far as it depends on me, that's what God has called me to do. But the part that is beyond me that I can't control, I'm not responsible for that. Mm -hmm. God is responsible for that. So that's what it reminds me of, that I have a job to do. As much as it depends on me, I need to be doing those things. Mm -hmm. But beyond that... I have to let God have control of that. Not that he doesn't already, but I need to recognize that he has control of that and just do my part. I love that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else that you want to share with us? Any last minute tips, anything that I, you wanted me to ask you about that I didn't? Just that your book is amazing and everyone needs to read it. I appreciate that. And it's available on Amazon. If Yay. You want to read it. Please go check it out. <laughs> Thank you again, Rebecca. Sure, this has been a pleasure.